Welcome to How to Love Forever. In this episode, we are digging into the crates, dude. Yeah, we are revisiting some popular love songs in the history of pop music. It's a playlist of dysfunction, codependency, and maybe even mortal danger. Dun-dun-dun. We get critical with the lyrics to determine exactly what love lessons they're trying to teach us. Forewarned is forearmed. And we also share our impressions of how many love songs in pop history weren't actually as bad as we thought. All coming up right right now. now. Hi, I'm Marco. And I'm Heather. We invite you on a journey of discovery as we explore techniques, tools, and inspiration to better our love lives and our sex lives. Join us as we travel the world, seeking out the stories that can help improve how we do romance and relationships. Come with us as we discover how how to to love love forever. Hiya, love bunnies, and welcome to How to Love Forever, the podcast that explores all aspects of love, relationships, and sexuality. My name is Heather. Boy, is it. Yes. Who are you? Oh, sorry. My name is Marco. Hi. Hello, Marco. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, and very happy to be here. (laughs) So am I, and we are back from our two-week break. We had a lovely anniversary trip to one of the largest and most exciting cities in the entire world. We had such a wonderful time celebrating our 12th anniversary of marriage, y'all. Ding, 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 Yes. And doing so, we ended up taking a 100% complete break from all things podcast. And we thank you for allowing us the chance to do that. Yes, But you know what? We still missed you. We sure did. And we had been thinking about what to do after our break to kind of ease us back in a fun way. And so we came up with the idea to break down terrible love songs love songs yeah just to ask the great philosophical question what the f- is wrong with those people dude for real <laughs> okay so you know how you're listening to a love song and it's all pretty and you get in the feels but then you start to actually hear the lyrics and it's it's just kind of wrong wrong it's just kind of like wait what Yeah, like that stalker song, you know, Every Breath You Take by Sting. Uh Uh-huh, exactly. So we decided to go on a hunt through the decades of pop and find songs that had that quality in common. Bad love lessons. There were so many examples. It was so hard to choose from so many. Yeah, but we decided to bring out just two examples from each decade, starting in the 1960s and ending in the 2020s. And we addressed them chronologically as we ring the shame bell, parading their messages naked in front of you. Ding, ding. Shame. Ding, ding. Shame. (laughs) It is a little sad that these songs, beautiful as they are, are kind of promoting what should generally be considered unhealthy relationship habits. Mm -hmm. But we can appreciate the art of songwriting even if we don't agree with the lyrics, right? Right? We don't have to cancel the entire music industry, do we? Well, of course not, because then we would have no art. You know, if there wasn't dysfunction, there would be no art. It's, It's fine if we enjoy them. Go ahead and sing them in the shower all you like, but maybe not consider them healthy life lessons or good relationship strategies that you should try to emulate. Yeah, no, they're nothing but trouble. That's right. But I'm still gonna sing Every Breath You Take by Sting on karaoke night. (laughs) And I'm still gonna hold a can of pepper spray while you sing it. (laughs) Okay, maybe I won't. (laughs) All right, love bunnies. I don't think you're kidding. It's a taser. Oh my god, I'm in so much trouble, y'all. My eyeballs are gonna roll into the back of my head. You're gonna pee your pants. I'm gonna pee my pants. And it's all for love. All right. Okay, without any further delay, 
or reverb or auto tune. <laughs> Here's subject to all our snarky criticisms, some great but shitty love songs. The 1960s. First on the chopping block, Runaround Sue by Dion. That's right. So check out these lyrics, okay? <laughs> the entire song is problematic. I'm not going to go through all of the words, but come on. Here's my story. It's sad but true. It's about a girl I once knew. She took my love, then ran around with every single guy in town. Mm-hmm. So then he says, keep away from Runaround Sue, right? And then he says, I miss her lips and the smile on her face, the touch of her hair and this girl's warm embrace. So if you don't want to cry like I do, you keep away from Runaround Sue. And then he goes on to blame stuff on her, like she likes to travel around, she'll love you, and she'll put you down. Right, and then it goes to, now people let me put you wise, Sue goes out with other guys. Oh no, that's terrible. And that's what he's really getting to. I mean, the fact that it's called run around sue little bit mean little bit mean and he's he's whining about his broken heart because this girl that he was all about apparently didn't want to settle down with just one guy so if i was going to make a diagnosis of this guy's problem and this is our our pop music armchair psychology diagnosis time <laughs> his problem is emophilia to start with which is the tendency to fall in love too easily, fast, too often. So hemophilia, not hemophilia. Isn't that like when you think you're a vampire or something? Uh, hemophilia is when you're having a bloody bad time. <laughs> Terrible. Okay, so hemophilia, <laughs> right. Right. And his other problem? Say it with me, everybody. Slut-shaming. Slut-shaming. He is slut-shaming hard. Mm-hmm. Wanker. Just because, you know, he wasn't enough for her to just choose him. So for those of you who don't know, slut-shaming is the practice of disparaging women and occasionally men for acting in a manner that violates norms regarding sexually appropriate behavior. Mm -hmm. These denigrations, they're often double standards. They range from criticizing women for wearing sexy clothing or having multiple multiple sexual partners to like all out blaming sexual assault and rape survivors for their own attacks. This can be very traumatizing to anyone. Just ask Amber Rose. Who's Amber Rose? She was an actor. She was one of the first few like figureheads for the slut walks when they began a few years back. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. right. Slut shaming. It's stupid, old fashioned, and it's not appropriate. That shit's got to go. It's stupid. That shit's got to go. It's just coming from your own bruised ego. Get over it. Second up. Second up. On the chopping block. When a man loves a woman by Percy Sledge. You know that song. When a man loves a woman. I'm going to get sued out of existence now. I think it's okay to have like a clip, right? So yeah, when a man loves a woman, uh, he's just talking about you know, he changed the world for the good thing he's found. If she is bad, he can't see it. She can do no wrong. He'll go ahead and turn his back on his best friend if he puts her down. 
And when a man loves a woman, he'll spend his very last dime trying to hold on to what he needs. And this man loves you, woman. I gave you everything I have trying to hold on to your heartless love. Heartless love. Baby, please don't treat me bad. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. To me, that sounds like a classic case of pedestaling. Yeah, I'd say it, it's pedestaling, you know, so that's needing someone who is unattainable to you. So you can blame your unhappiness on not having that person instead of confronting the actual source of it. Yeah. So pedestaling is a pretty big problem. You know, that's when you just like really like are just worshiping the image or the idea of somebody. Right. Instead of seeing them for all that they are, you know, beautiful and warts and everything. Yeah, their humanity. Right. And when you pedestal someone, it's giving them a really good opportunity to fall off that pedestal and like make things really gross for both of you. Totally. Another problem that I find with this song is that it's got a pretty good dose of codependency in it. Oh, completely. Yeah, I mean, like that line, I gave you everything I have, trying to hold on to your heartless love, baby, please don't treat me bad. That dude is stuck like glue to somebody who is not healthy for him. No, and here's the thing. If you love somebody and you want to have... Set them free, 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 set them free. Focus. Oh, sorry. Other song. If you love someone and you want to have a happy, healthy relationship with them, you also need to be comfortable with the fact that it may be that they aren't wanting the same things you do. So you will set them free, right, to go live their lives the way you want because you love them, right? You're not going to try to drag them down because you need them to be your crutch. Sometimes the best way to love someone is to let them go. Just let them have the life they need. Let you have the life you need. And it's obviously it's going to hurt for a while. You know, I'm not saying that it isn't. However, it's going to be better than being a doormat and like hanging on to their ankles as they're trying to walk out the door. Yeah. And if you're talented, like Percy Sledge is talented, you're still going to be able to make an amazing million dollar song out of it. That's right. Hey, speaking of whatever it is that we were speaking of, the 1970s, are we going into the 1970s now? Yes, we're going into the 1970s. Are you, are you acting like you're on coke? 1970s. <laughs> The 1970s, man. <laughs> First song, Just the Way You Are by Billy Joel. And this sucks because I love this song so much. Right? Like, Marco sang it to me like... When we first started dating, I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. However, it's one of those that when you listen to the lyrics, especially towards the end of the song, you're like, oh, right. It, it starts off really sweetly. I mean, he's right. just basically saying, don't change to please me, you know, because you're mm -hmm. like freaking beautiful, you know, and, and all I of that. I love you and I choose you and, and you I'm, know. I'm with you in times of trouble and all that. But then mm -hmm. like you get to the second stanza and it that's when it starts getting weird because then he goes off and says like, don't go trying some new fashion don't change the color of your hair you always had my unspoken passion although i might not seem to care might not so, seem to care it sounds like he's being like an unresponsive lover to her personal grooming choices mm -hmm. and he just goes on like later on it gets trickier because he wants her to stay the same, not just like, don't change for my sake. Right. Don't change at all. Right. So the line that says, I don't want clever conversation. I never want to work that hard. I just want someone that I can talk to. I want you just the way that you are. I was like, well, why don't you want clever conversation? Why don't you want to have stimulating discourse with, you know, who's supposed to be your best friend? Yeah, we have so much of that shit that we put it online for everybody. Hi, yeah. everybody. 
Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can always change the channel or whatever you kids call it nowadays. <laughs> no, but honestly, Just the Way You Are by Billy Joel is this man telling his longtime partner that they don't need to change anything and kind of sort of they better not change anything. Yeah, because he's super settled in his ways and he just doesn't want to make the effort. And honestly, if that's you and you're telling your partner that you don't want to make the effort anymore, don't be surprised if your partner leaves you for somebody who does. Yeah, man. Especially if you're like Billy Joel in this like character in this song where he's like, I don't even want to work that hard. I just want someone I can talk to. Two, nobody with clever conversation. Just let me talk at you. Instead of with you and let's have adventures and be stimulated together mm -hmm. as we keep ourselves young at heart, no matter how many years we might share. It's kind of a classic display of anxiety over personal evolution. Don't change for me or for you. It's a refusal to engage in deeper conversation. Just talk to her, not with her. You know, ah, dude, get a dog. <laughs> Again, I do love the song. The, the later message leaves a lot to be desired. It's sad. Speaking of a lot to be desired. Olivia Newton-John. She is a lot to be desired. <laughs> <laughs> but this singing. Is, uh, singing the song from the soundtrack of Greece, hopelessly devoted to you. You know how it goes. <laughs> hopelessly devoted to you. <laughs> so speaking of those lyrics, I mean, I think you might be able to kind of intuit what we're talking about without even knowing the lyrics just by hearing the title of the song. Wait, let me guess. Let me guess. Is it all about codependency and losing your identity in a relationship fantasy? Oh, ding, ding, ding. Marco, <laughs> you hit it on the nose. Uh... And it's kind of perfect for a musical about high school sweethearts because... Let's be real. When we are young and we are having our first loves, you know, in high school or thereabouts, we are stupid. Most of us have no clue whatsoever, like how to have a healthy relationship dynamic, how to have good boundaries. And we are just a wash of super confusing and super horny hormones. Yeah. Even <laughs> William Shakespeare's most popular work is about the horrible, horrible choices teenagers make in the realm of love and relationships. Mm -hmm. Romeo and Juliet, for those who didn't get that. <laughs> It's Marco's theory that Romeo and Juliet was actually intended to be a comedy. And yeah, the more exposure I have stupid. to it, Come I, on, I can't help but agree. <laughs> it really is hilarious. Except Mercutio. That guy was amazing. Mercutio was cool. Yeah. Prince of Cats. Ah, man. And he wasn't even in Cats. I don't know why they called him that. <laughs> You're stupid. So, but another thing that that song by Olivia Newton-John has is obsession, right? There's obsessiveness. Mm -hmm. Chasing a relationship when it's clear that the other person isn't into it. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what I was going to say. So in the second verse, just to give you some of the lyrics, my head is saying, fool, forget him. My heart is saying, don't let go, hold on till the end. And that's what I intend to do. I'm hopelessly devoted to you. Creepy. <laughs> that's some creepy, creepy shit, man. I'm out of my head. I'm hopelessly devoted. I mean, it's the oh, 21st man. century. Okay. Somebody comes at you like that. Doesn't matter if they're a man or a woman. Doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or anything in between or beyond. You run. Mm. You run. Heebie jeebies, man. <laughs> it gives me the heebie jeebies. Speaking of codependency and obsessiveness, I mean, what are some possible causes for losing your identity in a relationship? Well, what I just said, you know, the, the fact that when we're young, we don't often have the idea of when we're young, we don't 
know how to set boundaries. So if you don't have these boundaries, you lose your sense of self. You, totally. you may completely implode your self-esteem. Yeah. I know that happened with me in my uh, unhealthy relationship when I was young. And yeah, it was because I had no boundaries. My happiness was dependent on his approval and his happiness. Yeah, so, that's pretty low self-esteem stuff. I mean, stupid. I did the same when I was in middle school and high school, just hopelessly devoted to some lady jerk, you know? Well, yeah, because it's all about the feels. It's all about giving into our emotions without having the proper perspective and training to approach things in a healthy manner. Absolutely. And also when you're that age, and unfortunately for a lot of people even farther along in life, that shaky sense of self, you know, mm -hmm. you, you haven't really built yourself up yet, mm -hmm. as you've just said. That can definitely create that kind of codependency and that lack of boundaries between people. 100%. I was actually just having a conversation with somebody today that we are so fortunate to be living in this day and age where we have access to information and to guides and, you know, so much more training on how to have healthy mindsets and create healthy relationship dynamics. And sure, it still work. It's still going to be hard. We're still going to get our hearts broken because that's part of the process. Yeah. But I look at my parents and I see that they did not have access to all of this information. And because of that, they have like put themselves through extra pain and caused extra difficulty in their lives. And I just want to say how grateful I am to uh, have this info. Yeah, yeah. We're living in kind of a golden age of relationship building where you've got, you know, like the entire range of human experience at your fingertips and you're no longer stuck like you're like the one teenage kid in the farm town you know like right yeah and and also admittedly people from like the chemical age back in the 50s and stuff they were like particularly not well trained in emotional management i'm going mm. to venture to say it was just the product of the times you know mm -hmm. two world wars you know mm -hmm. a depression before that all of that noise emotional management was sort of last on their list of priorities and right. right now we've relatively got it pretty good so we can afford to be higher up on abram maslow's hierarchy of needs and take care of like our emotional management and everything because most of us are lucky enough to have like the whole food and shelter thing taken care of yes and uh so if you are lucky enough then take advantage of all of the extra benefits Benefits at your fingertips. Yeah, but if you need to go and secure yourself some food and shelter first, please go do that. First things first. Moving on to the 1980s. <laughs> Radical. Bodacious. <laughs> okay, I think bodacious is 90s, but yeah, we'll go with it. <laughs> You're such a 90s girl. Oh my God, that's true. <laughs> anyway, 1980s. First up, tubular. <laughs> Gnarly. Awesome. <laughs> so anyway, 1980s, Saving All My Love For You, Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. So if you're not familiar with this song, it's really messed up. So the story is a woman is being led around by a married man. She's fixated on him and dedicates herself to his pleasure, hoping one day, eventually, he might leave his family for her, but also fine with just being his side piece. Uh, yeah, that is such a common story as to border on cliche. And uh, if anyone out there is entertaining that kind of lifestyle, I would definitely say, you know what? Why don't you meditate on it and see what the pros and cons are? Yeah. They're not going to leave their 
wives for you? They mostly don't. Mostly don't. Because it is a thing of convenience. Uh, there are children and mortgages at stake. These kind of large life changes. Most men, they aren't going to want to leave their wives uh, just because you provided some relief on the side. Some excitement, maybe some extra affection that they don't receive. And honestly, I think a lot of guys who cheat on their spouses are just looking for something extra, not something instead of. Yeah, I can attest to that. Wait, why do I even say I can attest to that? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> uh, speaking as a man, I would be inclined to agree. Yeah. So, you know, just some of these lyrics, a few moments is all that we share. You've got your family and they need you there. Though I've tried to resist being last on your list, but no other man's going to do, so I'm saving all my love for you. That is how the song opens. No fucking joke. Whitney Houston, an amazing talent. We know the mm -hmm. unfortunateness of her personal romance story, mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it's an incredible, beautiful song and so expertly sung, but it is 100% an anthem to low self-confidence, low integrity, self-delusion, and lack of proper emotional support. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Beautiful song, you know, saving all my love. Doesn't it go like that? For you. Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really good. <laughs> so the other song that is from the 80s that we decided to put on the chopping block and eviscerate for you. Bam, bam, bam. The hair shag man himself, Michael Bolton's <laughs> How Am I Supposed to Live Without You? <laughs> Seriously now, okay? Listen to this. This is the story. A man is secretly in love with a woman who has now found love with someone else and is moving away. He is distraught and potentially entertaining suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Listen to these lyrics. I could hardly believe it when I heard the news today. I had to come and get it straight from you. They said you were leaving. Someone swept your heart away from the look upon your face. I know it's true. And then he goes on to ask, you know, tell me how am I supposed to live without you now that I've been loving you so long? How am I supposed to live without you? How am I supposed to carry on when all I've been living for is gone? It's that's super codependent. And B, further down in the lyrics, it gets a little more clear. He never expressed to this person that he had feelings. He just kept it all to himself. Seriously, it says there, how can I blame you when I built my world around the hope that one day we'd be so much more than friends? Dude, I'll point your attention to another Billy Joel song. Tell her about it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her all your crazy dreams, okay? Because you need to communicate better, fool. She's leaving with some other guy because you never told her how you feel about her. And now he she's running off because she was looking for love. God knows it could have been with you, moron. Maybe. And you wouldn't know unless you actually made the effort to try. Exactly. And now you're singing from some rooftop of a 30-story tall building going, how am I supposed to live when all I've been living for is gone? And I'm like, don't jump. You're just going to make a big mess on the floor. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the lack of proper communication, the need for external communication. You know, maybe she would have been into it if you told her. Maybe. Stupid. Yeah, but now. How am I supposed to live without you? 
Yeah, and that yeah, that whole need for external validation is so strong. I mean, you're like manifesting the extreme value placed on a thing that doesn't actually exist. This non-existent relationship. It was just the dream that he'd built his life around, and yet he just let it be a dream instead of trying to put a plan into action. Carpe diem, Michael Bolton. Carpe diem. <laughs> Moving on to the 90s. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. All that in a bag of chips. And there was so much to eviscerate in the 90s. <laughs> Seriously. Like the 90s, the 60s, the 50s in particular, there were just so many bad <laughs> examples of what not to do in relationships. But Case first up, in point. Dream Lover by Mariah, Mariah Carey. Carey. Dude, okay. So the story is a woman is desperately waiting for a lover to come rescue her from her loneliness and is willing to do anything they want as long as she can belong to them forever. No, no, seriously, here are the fucking lyrics. Dream lover, come rescue me, take me up, take me down, take me anywhere you want to, baby, now. I need you so desperately. Won't you please come around? I just want someone to belong to. Ouch. Like a Roomba. Like that shit is so, I'm a pretty princess and I need to be rescued by a knight in shining armor without taking any responsibility for developing oneself. I kind of feel bad for the knight in shining armor that falls for her shit. It's probably going to be a lot to deal with because, you know, if he's wearing all the armor and he has to like hold her up as well, that's just going to get heavy. Yeah, and what if it's on a bridge and it's raining and, you know, she's like being so like agitated that they all slip into the river. He's going to drown. Yeah. And then she's going to come out and start singing for another one again. Ooh, siren shit. <laughs> yeah, I think there's so many fairy tales about this. And that's the thing. If you're placing your value on whether you're in a relationship, you don't have proper self-esteem. You don't have like personal value. You need to develop that for yourself. Here's a little hint. The thing that you bring to a relationship is yourself. Mm -hmm. Without yourself, you're not bringing anything of value into a relationship and you cannot expect the relationship to define you. You define the relationship. And that's the whole thing. If you're going to attract a partner, a true partner, you need to be the partner that they deserve as well. Because it's so much better than being helpless and <laughs> waiting for everybody else to define you and take care of you relinquishing, <laughs> in all the ways. Yeah, relinquishing that sense of self and the autonomy. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're constantly getting deceived, like it says in the song, that begs the question, what sort of behavior or patterns are you engaging in that you're constantly getting involved with people who lie to you, Mariah? <laughs> A little bit, Mariah. Come mm -hmm. on, quit roofing yourself, girl. Are you choosing to ignore the warning signs because you would rather believe in a pretty fairy tale? From personal experience, yeah, that shit happens. It does. You know, so you don't ignore the warning signs. Pay attention. And if you have a sense of self, you will feel that it's a good idea to protect that self and get the fuck out of there. <laughs> Just saying. Speaking of getting the fuck out of there, the next song on the chopping block is Leanne Rimes' How Do I Live Without You, which is different than Michael Bolton's How Am I Supposed to Live Without You. Yeah, it goes, how do I live without you? I want to know. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. she did that cover of the other Patsy Cline, I think. Anyway. Right. Let me go through the lyrics here real quick, okay? If you ever leave, you would take away everything good in my life. Mm. Warning signs. <laughs> and tell me now, how do I live without you? 
I want to know how do I breathe without you? If you ever go, how do I ever, ever survive? You know what I wouldn't survive? Leanne Rimes and Michael Bolton getting together in a relationship. That would be like nuclear bad. Oh my God. They would just completely implode each other. That would, oh, that'd be amazing. So that's anyway, so, <laughs> so the base story is that this woman is so codependent on her lover that she threatens them with her inability to survive without them, right? Honestly, where to start? I mean, everything good? Take away everything good? Everything? everything? You don't have anything in your life that isn't based on that one person? Not at all. So actually, this reminded me of this Einstein quote we came across on that statue of him in a Mexico City park on our vacation. <laughs> and it said in Spanish, but this is the English version, if you want to live a happy life, tie it to a goal, not to people or things. Yeah. Come on, Leanne, tie it to a goal. Yeah, I like that. Tie it to a life's purpose, not to a person or a physical thing. Because it really is up to us to create fulfillment for ourselves. Mm -hmm. Not our lovers, mm -mm. not our spouses, mm -mm. our children, or any other person who happens to exist in our reality. Mm -hmm. It's us. It's us. It's up to us to create fulfillment for ourselves. Yes. Does sharing a connection with them bring joy? Does it bring fulfillment and overall good stuff? Yeah, of course. That's when relationships are healthy. Yes. However, those connections cannot and should not be our sole sources of meaning. Yeah, because it's just too much responsibility and wait for them to uphold, and they will inevitably crack and crumble if we rely solely on them. <sighs> yeah. We need to have our own foundations. Yeah, and also using this kind of manipulation to keep your lover by your side isn't going to keep your relationship healthy and happy. In fact, it's kind of a recipe for quick destruction. <laughs> it may seem easy to threaten things to your lover, you know, oh, if you leave me, I'm going to kill myself. If you leave me, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. But that's uh, psychological violence. It's psychological violence. And you're going to have to deal with the repercussions in one way or another. Mm -hmm. So just avoid the easy, cheap way to keep them by your side and maybe do the work and be a person of value that they want to build a life with. Do the work. The more of a person of value you are, the more of a relationship of value you'll have. If you're empty, your relationship will be empty. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Yes, because you will suck them dry. So, speaking of sucking people dry, we're going into the 21st century. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> that was the 90s. Welcome to the naughties. Naughties. The 2000s. Okay, so the first one up is No Doubt Underneath It All. Again, lovely song, but boy, does it suck when you think about it. You know, so yeah, and uh, this was another one. It's the story is a woman is singing how her lover is actually pretty great underneath all of the bad things. However, just like some of the others, it's a little more deceptive, which is the whole point. Like what? Okay, so you're really lovely underneath it all. You want to love me underneath it all. I'm really lucky underneath it all. You know some real bad tricks and you need some discipline. I'm sorry, is he a puppy? But lately you've been trying real hard and giving me your best. Lately. And when it's really bad, I guess it's not that bad. So, <laughs> seriously. And then the rap verse says, aside from your temper, everything is secure. 
and back to Gwen Stefani. You've used up all your coupons and all you've got left is me. And somehow I'm full of forgiveness. I guess it's meant to be. I guess you're a sucker underneath it all. Oh my gosh. Again, with the believing in a fairy tale instead of actually looking at your reality and having standards for a healthy relationship. And hey, we may sound a little incompassionate when we're critiquing these songs, but these aren't real people. These are yes. poems that we are critiquing because of the messages they're trying to teach people, okay? Yes. If this was a real person I was talking to who was having this problem, I think I would be a lot more compassionate and I would find ways to say it in the nicest way possible. 100%. That you're a sucker and you need to change your shit. Yeah, we're, we're being extra blunt because it, it's fictional, you know, it, it's a song. However, because it is such a great, it's a great engine for getting messages across to people, especially impressionable young minds. Right. If they hear these lyrics and then they reflect upon their own lives and see these, these same patterns, these same behaviors. And let me tell you, when this song came out, I was with my unhealthy relationship and I loved this song because I felt that it resonated in my shitty relationship it vindicated and meant you. that I needed to stay. It vindicated right. the shittiness. So, so I have I have a, a personal beef with it. Even though it's a beautiful song, I still love it, but the message fucking pisses me off. Yeah, no, especially if you were living something analogous mm -hmm. to it, you know? And, and the main clues for me, like the main things that, that tick me off. Yeah. Would you have to say underneath it all? Like... How much sewage are you having to wade through to get to the good stuff in your relationship? I'm not wearing anything underneath it all. <laughs> well, that's just breezy. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's different. It's, it's warm in here. It is warm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the, the bad tricks and needing discipline. Is your partner a puppy you just rescued from the shelter or a grown human person that you're supposed to be having like a long-term relationship with? With some people, there's no difference. You need to avoid those people. And again, we're not dogging on people who like the puppy kink, like that's their thing. But that comes with agreements and all this other mature stuff that is not in the song, right? And that the lately trying real hard lately. Okay, so there are periods where they're not. When you're in a relationship, you choose every single day to do your best. And obviously, we are all imperfect beings and we cannot be those ideal versions of ourselves all the time. But the emphasis is on whether that is our goal and our conscious choice on the daily, no matter how far from the mark we might actually fall. So here's the thing about relationships, okay? Yeah, you shouldn't have to have every day be a struggle in your relationship, but mm -hmm. relationships are... Work. Relationships are work. They're work worth doing. But if you're having more bad days on average than you do good days, something needs to be addressed. And it doesn't even have to be a 50-50 more bad days than good days. It You will find your own level of how many bad days you are willing to put up with. Mm -hmm. Just so long as you recognize that setting that limit is entirely up to you and your self-esteem. Yes. And, you know, aside from your temper, I mean, honestly, how bad is that temper that you're dealing with consistently? Yeah. I mean, is it like the guy gets all pissy and storms off and goes to the park by himself to like do some push-ups and come back? Or does it threaten you with physical violence? Or psychological violence? Yeah, any kind of coercion, mental or physical. Does it tear down your, your mind barriers and so you have no idea what's real and what isn't? Gaslighting much? Gaslighting yes. a mm -hmm. lot. And then it goes to the whole used up all your coupons, all you've got left is me. Refer to my previous rant on creating fulfillment and a sense of meaning in our lives separate and non-dependent 
on our partners. And who gives out coupons anyway? <laughs> That's kind of weird. <laughs> so, hey, Gwen, what's with the coupons? <laughs> Get with the Groupon thing. <laughs> Coupons, that's a waste of paper, you ecologically insensitive monster. <laughs> well, I wonder how many people wrote this with her. Anyway, and then the last line, and somehow I'm full of forgiveness. I guess it's meant to be. Seriously? Seriously. What the fuck? Seriously. Oh my god. Yeah. Who it... gives these people recording contracts? <laughs> well, it's that whole fairy tale soulmate bullshit destined to be together crap they sling to us because it's it's tasty but just like a ton of dessert with like artificial sweeteners and flavors and all that it might taste really good but long term it's probably not very good for us and for me i definitely had the that concept that you know i had met my soulmate and we were destined to be together but because i had those expectations and because i didn't want to let society down i didn't want to let my family down that there was this whole fairy tale that we all wanted to believe in so much, it allowed the relationship to devolve into a really unhealthy patterns. And because I didn't know how to set boundaries and like keep things on a good path, all because I believed in fairy tale bullshit. It wasn't me. No, obviously. <laughs> like Joe Biden says, the previous guy. <laughs> He who shall not be named. <laughs> All right, let's get out of the naughties. Hey, man. No, we're not out of the naughties yet. Don't we have Coldplay? Oh, how can we leave the naughties without Coldplay? How can we not drag one of Coldplay's thousand anthems of heartbreak and cheese onto the chopping block? You know we had to. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like, okay. I mean, the good thing is, like, they're pretty minimal with their lyrics, so it's more about the vibe. <laughs> so the, the Coldplay song we're going to eviscerate, but quickly, because, again, not tons of lyrics, is A Sky Full of Stars, you know, because you're a sky, you're a sky full of stars. And then he says, I want to die in your arms. You. I know, right? I'm that like, sounds gross. Kind of rude. Because you get lighter the more it gets dark. Yeah, but you get heavier when you die. <laughs> I'm going to give you my heart. I don't care. Go on and tear me apart. Wait a second. What? Why? Why? Go on and tear me apart? Right? Like at first when I read... You know, I want to die in your arms like, you know, I want to grow old together and like we'll die in our bed when we're 99 and it will be sweet and lovely. But I'm going to give you my heart and I don't care. Go on and tear me apart. So for those who haven't heard the song, the story is this man is so enthralled by his lover mm -hmm. that it seems that they can do no wrong. And he wants to sacrifice himself to being torn apart by them. That's basically it, right? That's what that's I what got I, from it. Yeah, that's what I got from the lyrics. Y'all can chime in and tell me how wrong we are, but that's how, how it reads to me. So again, we have a lack of self-esteem. Yep, no yeah. sense of self. You know, go ahead and kill me if it makes you happy. Like we got pedestalling, uh -huh. right? And we've got loss of self to this relationship. Right, it's so textbook. You are my everything. You are perfect. And I probably don't deserve you. So I'm just going to sacrifice my pathetic little body to your ravenous needs or something? Because why would you tear him apart? I don't get that. I mean, is he dating a shark? Uh, 
crocodile what i'm thinking a the harpy or oh do you remember that the 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 love goddess from american gods the one from africa how she like devours her lovers into her vaginal orifice yeah it was hot and gross it was great (laughs) i agree completely but that's that's what this song reminds me of like are you trying to sacrifice yourself to this supposed deity even though i'm pretty certain it's just a human person that he is put up on a pedestal because he has no fucking self-esteem. And speaking of no self-esteem, we're going into the auto-tuned hangover of the 2000s. The 2010s. <laughs> terrible. So the first one that's going on the chopping block from the 2010s is from Taylor Swift, who's made a career out of dissing her exes. This song, Blank Space. Okay, the story, and I'll tell you the lyrics here in a minute. The story is it's a young woman meeting another potential lover and has no care for whether it's healthy and long-lasting or whether she hurts them and leaves long-lasting scars instead. I want to run. I want to run in the other direction. I don't even know the song, guys. Okay, the short version. I'm dying to see how this one ends. Grab your passport and my hand. I can make the bad guys good for a weekend. So it's going to be forever or it's going to go down in flames. You can tell me when it's over if the high was worth the pain. Ouch. Mm. Got a long list of ex-lovers. They'll tell you I'm insane. Most likely. Because you know I love the players and you love the game. Because we're young and we're reckless. We'll take this way too far. It'll leave you breathless Mm. or with a nasty scar. Ouch. Got a long list of ex-lovers. They'll tell you I'm insane. But I've got a blank space, baby. And I'll write your name. Run. Run. Fear her and run in the other direction, young boy. You are hit song fodder. (laughs) And it's just, it's such a self-destructive tone, right? Like, I don't give a fuck. Let's do something. Let's act from our trauma and have no like care for the repercussions or the fallout or how painful this is going to be down the road. Yeah, she sounds pretty self-destructive and also destructive of the relationship. She sounds like she's pretty comfortable with sabotaging the potential relationship even before it begins. Yeah, it does sound pretty darn comfortable. She also seems to treat her lovers as disposable straight from the beginning, which on the one hand is a bit of a female empowerment thing. And on the other hand, it's sort of like not really caring about the deeper things in life when it comes to the potentiality of a relationship. Right. And and again, that's another thing from being a young person and g- getting into relationships for the first times. But this one is, is particularly egregious and it doesn't set healthy examples, right? Okay. So, and I know before you guys yell at me... <laughs> That this song in particular, it was written in response to Taylor Swift's frustration with all the media coverage of her dating life and kind of slut shaming her and like what Marco just said about how, you know, she used her relationships as fodder for her songs. Well, there may be something to it, but... When viewed from that perspective, the song is pretty satirical and it is giving an enjoyable middle finger to society and media. Yeah, you're right. That was kind of like Taylor Swift's punk rock moment. <laughs> you know, she was just like, screw the system. Oh, yeah? You think I date all these guys? Fine. I'll write a really terrible song about it. I get that. However, 
<laughs> it However. doesn't, yeah, it doesn't excuse the possibility of it having a lasting negative effect on those who listen to it, especially if they're very impressionable, like Taylor Swift's fans. Yeah. They may not know the backstory. Heck, they might be too young to understand both satire and the complexities of adult relationships. Instead, they might simply enjoy it as a rock love anthem with a message that repercussions don't fucking matter. And that is the problem right there. That final message that you're talking about that repercussions don't matter mm -hmm. you gotta think it out man even if it is going to be a short-lived relationship you want things that are balanced you want things that are amicable you want things that are good polite between you and your lovers you gotta approach it with integrity you know when i was single and enjoying being a happy, happy little hoe on my single self, I really enjoyed the opportunity to practice full honesty with these people who I was dating. And it was great. I'm like, this probably won't last very long, but let's hang out. Yeah, because otherwise you're burning a bridge before you cross it. And no matter what, and, and again, from personal experience, if you act like an asshole and that repercussions don't matter or that you're never going to have to deal with the, the fallout, it will build up and and it will get worse when you actually have to face up to it. That's what, how we feel about Taylor Swift's blank space. But let's move on. Moral of the story, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between and beyond, is um, if you see Taylor Swift coming at you with a pen and kissy kissy lips, run. <laughs> Terrible. I think she's <laughs> matured, but I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Moving on. And last on our chopping block is Stay With Me by Sam Smith. Mm. Oh, won't you stay with me? Cause you're all I need. Okay, that's all I'm gonna sing because I don't wanna get sued. It's such a beautiful song. It's a great song, it's a lovely it's a beautiful song. beautiful song. However, here's the story. It's sick as fuck, listen it's up. It's just, oh man, it's so sad. Okay, the story is this man Sam Smith, I assume, who knows, but the man in the story has a one night stand and is already so emotionally dependent on this person that he is already begging them to stay and keep his pain at bay. So he had a onesie with somebody and he's already like wanting to like get married and meet the parents and all that. Oh yeah, he like, he had a one time and then he's like, he puts, he puts the handcuffs on and like wraps himself around them and... <laughs> you need a little time for that kind of stuff. But Marco, why don't you go ahead and read the lyrics so they understand what, what we're <laughs> yeah, talking about. Sure, sure, sure. Sam Smith says, guess it's true. I'm not good at a one-night stand, but I still need love because I'm just a man. Okay. These nights never seem to go to plan. I don't want you to leave. Will you hold my hand? Okay. Starting to get a little <laughs> clingy there, Sam. Oh, won't you stay with me because you're all I need. After one night. This ain't love, it's clear to see, but darling, stay with me. Why am I so emotional? No, it's not a good look. Gain some self-control. And deep down, I know this never works. But you can lay with me so it doesn't hurt. Ouch. Yeah, that's a little bit creepy and painful. It's cringe. It's so cringe. It's so cringe, man. Okay. Cringe. So, and, and going back to the whole emopathy, is that how you say it? Emopathy? 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 What'd you say? Emopathy. Emophilia. Oh, emophilia. <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> so he falls in love right off the bat without actually knowing the person he is supposedly in love with. And then he also has 
again, this is armchair psychology for pop music, it seems as though he has a sex addiction because he is using sex as a crutch to not feel pain. You know, she probably just twerked all over his cocktail table at the club, and then he brought her home, had the boom booms, and now he's in love. What the fuck? Who else wants to run screaming from the room at the thought of that? (laughs) (laughs) Ah! <laughs> and again, it's such a beautiful, like wistful song, but the lyrics, oh, oh yeah. Do, if you do this, if you meet people and you like immediately want to build a life together and you don't even know their last name or their first name, this is the Tinder age. I mean, there have been times when I didn't know first names. Me too. But I wasn't saying, hey, let's stay together forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's much more like, oh, that was good. Do you have a name? Mm, yeah. This is awkward. I'm going to go now because <laughs> I'm, I'm questioning my choices. But thank you for the good time, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, you're the one that's supposed to define whether it was a good time or not. Oh, totally. Again, young and stupid choices. So yeah, moral of the story. Your fulfillment and your joy should not be dependent on another person in your life. And and your sense of self should not be defined as to whether you are in a relationship. You need to be complete and whole in who you are. Yeah. And using sex as an emotional crutch is a symptom of sex addiction. And you should really, like, look at that. You really should. Yes. Woo, there is blood all over the dance floor. Mm, that's right. We tore these love songs apart. What did you think, love bunnies? Did you like that list? Did it make you want to sing out loud or just run as fast as you can? <laughs> let us know in the comments and let us know if you'd like to add to that list. Oh, for sure. I am positive that the list can be endless. <laughs> yeah. Although, to be fair, finding these shitty love songs was actually harder than I expected. Yeah. There are a surprising amount of love songs that have pretty decent relationship tactics going on in them. Yeah, and some of them are downright inspirational. For real. So yeah, jump in and let us know if we missed any that you think should be added to our shitty love songs list and why you think that message is crappy. But also, if you think we should do a sister episode with awesome love songs or maybe even awesome breakup songs and the messages that we can learn from them, let us know. Yeah, and besides, those are much better to sing in the shower. (laughs) Yes, especially if we're showering together. Meow. (laughs) I'm still going to sing you every breath you take, though. (laughs) Not if you plan on getting any. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, you can reach us on that Stairway to Hell Facebook at facebook.com slash how to love forever. And on Instagram at how numeral two love forever. We love to hear all your feedback and what you would like us to cover next. Also, reach out if you have a story to share or if you would like to be a guest on the podcast. We even have like a private mode if you want to share your story but wish to remain anonymous. As you've heard before, we can do it Dear Abby style and read your story or questions in the podcast without any true names revealed. You can just email us directly at contact at howtoloveforever.com. Yeah, don't be shy. We don't bite without without consent. consent.
Join us next week for an interesting interview with Mark Cunningham, a therapist whose education is ongoing as he talks about his own process through his trauma during military service and how he got to where he is now, serving other warriors like himself whose trauma can affect their own relationships. It's an eye-opening interview that allows us an intimate look into what makes people with previous wounds become such effective therapists and counselors. Absolutely. But until then, remember, love deep, love hard, love love forever. forever.